and, and that's something that I, that I um, recently just, just, just discovered is even looking around, um, you know, a lot of my, of my friends and, and most of them are from student works and a lot right. of them, uh, I always had this picture in my mind of I'm surrounded by all these entrepreneurs. Right. And the reality is that's just not actually true. I, I'm surrounded by a number of entrepreneurs, but I'm also surrounded by a lot of people that realize that maybe going out and starting their, their own business and, and, and all the different, you know, everything that's associated with that isn't the best fit for them, but that they're, they're succeeding in really doing something that they enjoy and they're able to do it at, at a really high level. Um, and so I think for, for me, what has kept me in entrepreneurship and gotten me to this point is um, I love it. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Well, I am massively excited bringing you James Fedek. Uh, James worked with StudentWorks uh, program for four years. And if you didn't see his picture, you didn't see his picture here, you would have a, and, and listening to him, you'd have a hard time thinking that he's 25 years of age. Um, he is mature beyond his years, wise beyond his years. Uh, he is living the life that just so, <clears throat> so many people dream of. Literally, he is running an internet business, a consulting business that he's developed over the last uh, couple of years that is doing incredibly well, spent months in Mexico City. Uh, he, I reached him in Florida, um, where, he, where, where, where he's been the last, last number of weeks, uh, and uh, is, is, his business is continuing to grow. He's actually hiring um, StudentWorks uh, alumni to, uh, to assist him with his growth, but what we talk about in this uh, podcast is just some uh, major setbacks that he had, um, you know, just uh, huge, huge failures and how he turned those failures into success and, um, and just, just real authenticity and wisdom from a really, really young person and a tremendous young leader. I know you're going to love this podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, tell me what you were like before the StudentWorks uh, Summer Management Program. Uh, yeah, I guess before the program, I was ju- I had just come into first year university um, studying business and entrepreneurship. I uh, right. didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in in life. I kind of uh, coming out of high school, I didn't have a really clear picture of what it would look like to be in business, but I knew that I didn't like sciences and none of the sort of traditional career paths really seemed to, to fit with what I, what I wanted. Right. Uh, so I chose business because it seemed kind of the, the, the most right, uh, but really didn't have a clear path of, of what I wanted to, to do. And I'd never really considered entrepreneurship. So I was just kind of uh, getting to university and trying to kind of feel things out and, and try to get a, get a grasp of what direction I actually wanted to go with things. Okay. Okay. And so, um, what was your biggest frustration, you know, as a, as a teenager or before you got started in the program? Um, probably one of my biggest frustrations was, um, well, there's a couple, like not, not knowing what I wanted, what I wanted to do. I felt like high school didn't really, um, equip me to actually figure out what I enjoyed and what I didn't enjoy as it related right. to real world career choices. 
for a long time, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And looking yeah. back now, I would hate being a lawyer and I'd be the worst <laughs> lawyer on the planet. It's just not well, like it doesn't, it doesn't mesh with who I am. Right. But just kind of coming out of, I, I guess it was frustrating to have these, these very um, boxed in subjects like studying math and studying chemistry and studying biology and not really getting a clear picture of what a career in any one of those fields or a combination of them would look like. So it, it felt like everything was very traditional and that anything, I just felt that it, it didn't really equip me to figure out what I actually enjoyed enough to want to do it for the rest of my life. Um, and then from, from that, that's kind of the, the frustration I had with school and from work, it was always a, just a frustration of, uh, I remember working construction for a long time and I was, I would quickly in, in, in the, over the course of working for a summer, I would get to the point where, uh, it seems silly, but like a lot of the guys on the job site couldn't lay a brick pattern because they right. couldn't remember the pattern in their head. So they were literally just laborers and they right. couldn't even, even do something as simple as laying a brick pattern. Cause they'd have to keep on going back to the, to the, the map to figure out what brick they need to, to lay next when it was anything more than like a two, a two part brick pattern. And right. so I was just really easily able to, to do that, obviously, because it's not a very, not a really tough task. Right. Um, but, and so was doing these things that, you know, a, a foreman on the crew would, would basically be responsible for, um, and working like a dog because I was really motivated and obviously having it be a summer job for me versus the people that are doing, uh, doing that for a lifetime. I was just really motivated, wanted to make a lot of money, had, you know, had to save up for university but ultimately was making half of what the, the other guys on the crew were making because I was just a, just a kid, didn't right. have, didn't have the, the longevity with the, with the crew to, to be able to actually earn more money. Right. So you felt like you were, you were worth more, but not paid more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For sure. That's a, that's a common, that's a common theme for a lot of our, our, a lot of student works operators and joining the program, having that, having that feeling. So, so yeah. gee, I could do so much more. I should be paid way, way more. So, yeah. um, so um, tell me, uh, what do you rely on um, still? What, 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 what skills or mindsets do you still rely on from, from the program when you're, when you're back in the program? Ah, oh, man, it, it'd, be, it'd be a lot easier to figure out what I don't rely on. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it really just, it all, everything I learned from, um, you know, mindset to sales and, and persuasion skills, like literally everything that I, that I learned from that first summer of running my business and the second year and, um, you know, all the time that I've spent around the other people in the program, it's right. all built a foundation that I'm, that I'm now continuing to build on. So without that, I never would have had this, this, uh, you know, this mindset and this way of seeing the world as, oh, I can actually be in an economy where I'm paid for my results and not just for my hours. Right. Um, so the prospect of, you know, uh, even now with the work that I'm doing now, charging people what at face value looks at, looks like an absorbent amount of money for the amount of time that they actually spend with me. Um, but realizing that I can do that because it's not about the, the time that I'm spending with the person. It's about the results that I can generate for the person in that, in that amount of time. Um, I think a lot of the, the mindset stuff that isn't necessarily, um, taught, it's not something that you, that you're reading in the, in the operations manual or that you're, you know, even being taught at, at January training, but that you're just learning through the coaching of your, of your DM. I remember Pat just helping me through challenging times and just how to cope with stress and, uh, you know, manage that. And I think, 
probably one of the one of the skill sets that I value most that I that I developed um, with Student Works is is sales and persuasion because it was it was it became really clear to me at a certain point that everything that I wanted to to get and to achieve and accomplish in life I was going to need sales and persuasion skills and I, I frame that I, I work with clients now who. Um, have a bad taste in their mouth about sales and they think that sales is sleazy and they don't want to learn about that. And when they, when they realize that, you know, getting their, their kids to, to wake up on time is sales that, yeah. you know, getting that, that person to go out with them, whether it's a, a new person or getting their husband to go on a date night with them, that's sales and, and persuasion. And so it's, it's been really cool to have that skill set and continue building on. And it's one that I, I think is, something to always continue improving and that you never kind of reach the end with um, because it just allows you to make a bigger impact because if you actually if I actually believe that I can help someone and I'm not able to to show them that and convince them of that and get them to work with me then they're going to be stuck I'm going to be stuck um, so we can move forward a lot better together when you know when I'm actually able to, to con, uh, you know communicate the the value that I can give to someone in any context whether that's business or any other area of life Oh, that's awesome. And, and James, you know, frankly, we're so connected. I, I actually really didn't do a great job of really just sharing uh, just what you're up to, what you're doing. You know, so why don't you share that with, with our audience? Yeah. So uh, I guess right now I basically have an online training program where I work with uh, just over 85 clients right now. Uh, we've been going for, for a few months now and I basically uh, teach them how to uh, manage their own uh, their own business, managing other people's properties mm-hmm. on Airbnb. Uh, right. So I basically, about two years ago, I started a, a company where, uh, actually with another alumni from Student Works, where we started managing properties on Airbnb because we saw uh, an arbitrage opportunity where properties were able to generate a lot more money on short-term rental than they were on long-term rental. Um, and so we grew that that company really quickly. Um, and then basically I wanted to get back into, I, I realized that student works that one of the things I absolutely love more than anything is coaching and, and training and working with people. Um, and so I started basically, uh, doing that on the side and then it grew into, into being a really full-time role. Um, I recently acquired another company. Uh, it's a blog in the, in the space. So now I run a, I run a blog as well. Um, and basically full-time the, the focus is on just helping people to grow uh, their own businesses, uh, doing what I did, managing, uh, managing properties on Airbnb and taking them through a proven system to do that. Fantastic. And, and uh, I, I, know, um, I, know, I know James is doing remarkably well um, and I know how well and I won't say. <laughs> so, so, uh, so pretty amazing for, 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 you know, someone in their mid-20s to be, uh, to be again, you know, literally working where you want to work because I know you're down in Florida. I know you were in Mexico yeah. for a while. You're, you're working where you want to work and doing what you want to do. And, and that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. And what do you think, what, what, what sort of mindsets do you think you have? What sort of things that are, are, are necessary to actually go and do that? Because I hear a lot of people telling me, I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love to be able to create something like that, that you're, you've created in, in, your, in, the, in your mid-20s. Uh, I think there's a lot that goes into it. Um, hard work. Uh, I, I think that that's something that's um, drastically underrated and, and underlooked at um, is I think it just takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, and I think you've got to, I think there's a difference between someone that wants the, the outcome, you know, wants to be making the money and, and traveling and living where they want versus someone that actually wants to do the work. Um, right. So I think 
and and that's something that I that I um, recently just 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 discovered is even looking around. Um, you know, a lot of my of my friends and and most of them are from Student Works, and a lot right. of them. Uh, I always had this picture in my mind of I'm surrounded by all these entrepreneurs. Right. And the reality is that's just not actually true. I, I'm surrounded by a number of entrepreneurs, but I'm also surrounded by a lot of people that realize that maybe going out and starting their, their own business and, and, and all the different, you know, everything that's associated with that isn't the best fit for them, but that they're, they're succeeding in really doing something that they enjoy and they're able to do it at, at a really high level. Um, and so I think for, for me, what has kept me in entrepreneurship and gotten me to this point is um, I love it. I, I, I'm, the, I'm that kind of person that if you put me in an office and I, and I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I kind of had a big down before I came, before I came up and I actually ended up taking a, it was a contract position. So the closest thing I've had to a proper job and I had to go to an office uh, <laughs> and it only lasted about two months before I I quit slash got fired. It was very mutual. By the time I quit, the, 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 the owner of the company was, was pretty happy to see me go. Uh, and I, I, just, I just can't operate in, in that type of an environment. I love to be able to have control over what I do. And I, and I think that I think it, it comes down to a, there's a lot of stuff. Um, hard work is one thing. And I think uh, the other thing I, I would say is um, managing your, your mindset, your, your mental state. Uh, you know, there, there was a time when I was literally like, I had my, my living room piled to the ceiling with other people's used furniture that I was flipping on Kijiji to, to try to, to try to make it, make it work and, and pay the rent. And, uh, it's not a lifestyle for, for everyone that like real pole end of, of entrepreneurship where you're right. ride or die work for yourself. Um, but I think that having a, you know, regardless of what you're doing to be, to be really successful in it. I think a lot of it comes to the internal managing your own mindset, managing your own state, where you're at mentally, because, you know, you look around and you see so many people that, you know, they might even be working as a, as a server and earning a, a, a menial hourly rate wage, but they're still stressed out to all hack about it. They take that home to their relationship. They take that home to their, to their family. Uh, and they're not able to, to move, move to a new stage and, you know, really have other parts of their life and their career thrive. Um, because they're just not managing their, where they're at mentally and able to, to access those tools where, hey, we can leave work at work and, hey, we can look at things from a different viewpoint. And that customer isn't just, you know, a, a jerk. That customer is actually, you know, just a reflection of how I'm showing up. And maybe I can, I can change some things about how I show up to have less jerks be, be the ones that I, uh, whose tables I'm waiting on. So I think a lot of that comes into it as well. Awesome. Awesome, Jim. So how did you know running a business was the right thing for you? Uh, how did you learn or, or see those signs? For, for me, it was just, it was doing it. Um, I would okay. never, and the, the first thing that I always say to someone when they, when they want to figure out, you know, I think people, people my age really want to find their passion a lot of the time these days. Yes. Um, and there's sort of an obsession with, with that. Um, and people want to try to read a bunch of articles on BuzzFeed or, go and look on, on Instagram and, and be inspired and watch YouTube videos to get motivated uh, and to try to find their passion. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things that, I think that, that just about anything that, you're, that you might be passionate about, the reality of it is a lot different than what you see when other people are doing it. Um, right. It's sort of like that, that common picture of the iceberg and you see that, that peak of it, the success and everything else and how great it is for these 
people on Instagram and YouTube and everything else. And then everything else below the surface is like 90% of it. And that's the stuff you don't see. So for me, I I only figured out that this was something I love. Um, And specifically within entrepreneurship that, hey, coaching and training and and working closely with other people and not, you know, rather than sitting behind a computer, I'm not going to create the next software startup. I'm not going to do that. I want to work with people. And the only way that I figured that out was by doing it. In my first right. summer, I realized, hey, this is, this is really cool. I like this, but there's aspects of it I don't like. What I do really love is the work they get to do with, with my team. When I get to coach them and work with them and see them progress, um, I really like meeting with my clients and developing relationships with them. So, hey, in my second year, I'm going to go and really focus on that and get better at that and, and dive more into that. Um, I think that's the best way to figure out anything, to figure out what you, what you really enjoy is to actually go and do it in the real world, which is why ultimately I think um, school for me was, was again, kind of circling back to that was frustrating was because I was, I was able to learn about it. It was kind of like reading articles and watching YouTube videos, but I was never able to, to actually go out and do it. So going out and doing it for me, it was a lot quicker. It, it wasn't, it was, you know, over, over a course of a couple of years, I became really clear on exactly what I was best at and what I really enjoyed the most. Right, right. Yeah, because because I know I know for you, you you were you didn't complete your education, and now you're continuing, or sorry, you're continuing to complete your education, right? But you didn't complete your university education, and and to me, that's that that you know actually shows an enormous amount of confidence. You know that that wow, I I don't need this regular thing that the vast majority of successful people need to feel like I I made it, I can go to the next step. So what were you thinking there, James, about about not doing that? Because I know certainly you're more than bright enough, to obviously, to have completed it. Yeah, um, I guess at the time it was it was just a real, and, and I don't think it's for everyone to 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 quit university and to and to drop out of that. And I left. You're you're absolutely right. I left with the mindset of I'm never going to stop my education. I'm going to, and I and I invested far more over the over the years that followed into my education than I would have had I stayed in in the traditional stream of university. Um, but for me, it really just came down to um, I, I, I felt really out of place in university. I knew that I, w- I, I realized that I was learning more about stuff that I enjoyed more and getting more results, like tangible real world results um, from the work that I was doing with student works and running my own business and the people I was meeting through that um, right. and everything that kind of stemmed from that than I was in university. And so I, I walked away from it for a semester came back with a clear head and just said, I'm going to just try to suck everything out of the semester that I can get as much value out of it as I can and make it, make a final decision from there. And at the end of it, I had, I had, you know, I felt I gave it a really good go. I enjoyed that last semester more than I enjoyed any other semester previous, but it, it still just wasn't it for me. It just felt like the opportunity cost of me being in university and spending all that time and all that energy to get a piece of paper is essentially what I was doing at that point because I knew that I didn't want to go in the direction that the the knowledge I'd be gaining would actually benefit me from. Um, it just seemed like a, a really, really big opportunity cost. And it's proven to be, be true that that was a massive opportunity cost because, you know, what I've been able to create for, for myself financially and otherwise over the years that I would have spent in, in university, um, it, it's a really big decision. And I think it's, it's something worth thinking about. Um, I think that in today's day and age, it's, it's definitely not as necessary to go and get a degree. And I think that 
no matter what you do, the real world skills that you develop and the, you know, the track record of actual results is more important than what the piece of paper says. Um, so it's worth considering, but it's, it certainly, it was the most challenging decision I've ever made in my life. I know that it, for my parents, it was a really, really tough, uh, tough thing for them to, to, uh, kind of make peace with. And, and it, it did require a lot of confidence. I, I was really, really clear when I made that decision that it was going to be hard. Everyone was going to tell me I was making the wrong decision, but that ultimately I, I just had enough confidence in my, in myself and that, and in the, that decision itself that, uh, I was able to, to stick with it and stay true to it. Okay. No, that's great. That's great. And so, so, um, so, you know, talking about good decisions, you know, and, and well, good and bad, who knows, but what about, you know, big failures, big setbacks, you know, James, I, I know, I know you've had those. Yeah, I've had, I've had a couple of those. So, uh, the, the first big one was actually the first year. Um, it, it sort of was a culmination of the last year of, of my, uh, of my time with student works when I was uh, a district manager and then, um, and, and, fo- and following that, um, outside of, of student works. But one of the things that was great was in addition to, uh, being a district manager, I, I had the flexibility to start up another company on the side and, um, one of the things I wanted to do was get into, I had always done the product space um, right. and wanted to, or sorry, done, done the service space and been in the service industry um, and wanted to get into the product space and kind of try my hand at that. Um, and so I started a watch company manufacturing wristwatches um, overseas and then bringing them over into North America and, and retailing them um, and did not have any kind of a system for it, which I, I didn't realize just how important that actually is. Um, didn't have any, any experience in the space, didn't have a mentor in the space and really was just learning a lot of what I was learning the hard way and the expensive way, which is to do it myself and to fail at it. Right. Um, and so I ended up putting myself into about a $50,000 pile of debt, um, and ending up having to close down that business and, and walk away from it. Um, so that was the, the first really big failure for me. Um, and, and it, it humbled me in a, in a really, really, really big way. Uh, taught me a lot, a lot of lessons, left me in a lot of debt. Um, and, uh, ultimately looking back on it, wouldn't change it for the world, but can see very, very clearly all the things that I did wrong there in, in not having a system, not having a mentor, really just kind of going and, and trying it and trying to figure it out myself. Um, the next big one was so, basically, so before what, what sort yeah. of lessons, James, what sort of lessons did you get from that? Like what, what stands out? And cause I know you look back on that as a good thing. So the only reason you do is because you must've reframed and found more than $50,000 worth of lessons, right? From that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I don't think that I'd be able to, to be where I am today without having gone through that. Um, and that's ultimately why I look back at it the way that I do. And one of the, one of the biggest lessons uh, for me, and there were, there were lots of, of lessons, obviously I already mentioned the one where, you know, anything that I do now, I make sure that I either have, a, and, and pretty much always it's all of these things in reality is right. I have experience in, in the space. I have knowledge in the, in the space, which, and those are, those are two very different things. Uh, and, and then I have a, either a system and or a coach to, to work through it with me. Right. So all the work that I'm doing now, I have one of the one of the best people in the world at um, at this sort of, sort of digital product space. Uh, I, I'm I'm working directly with him and mentored by him and using his system uh, because I realized that it's a lot easier to to build off of someone else's system than to go out and and forge my own and, and make my own. It's just it's just a really really tough thing to do um, and why 
reinvent the wheel when you can, you know, when you can follow someone else's path. Right. Um, another, another really big lesson for me was, uh, being, being vulnerable and actually just accepting failure. One of yeah. the, the coolest things for me was realizing, so for a long time, I hid that failure because it, it, for me, it was a, it was a notch on my, uh, I don't want to say resume because I never really, I don't, I don't really have a resume, <laughs> but sort of my, my past experience, that track record, it was sort of a notch on that, that I didn't want people to see. And I had this, you know, this, uh, other people had this perspective of me of, you know, being successful and being an entrepreneur and, you know, having the track record of success and to have that failure, just, uh, it was really, really tough to come to terms with. And it wasn't until I, I did, um, I remember I, I ran away from it. I went and traveled. And at, at one point I finally, I had my manufacturer calling me from China and he, and he was asking for his money cause I owed him a, a big pile of money and I had been dodging him. And I finally, ended up having to come to terms with it because I didn't have another option at this point than, the, than to get him his money. Right. Um, and so I basically, I, I, that was the first time that I ever announced publicly and let everybody know that I had actually failed and right. where things were really at. Um, and I started an Indiegogo campaign with a video that I shot on my iPhone that literally just told the story of how I'd failed and was just actually open and vulnerable with people and let them know that Hey, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not having a great time with this. I'm not succeeding at this. Right. And 30 days later we had raised $27,000 and it was enough to get me out of, uh, out of my immediate debts that needed to be paid back right away. Um, and, and I really believe because it wasn't like, this is something that I launched from an internet cafe in Indonesia with a, with a video shot on my iPhone. It was not that I, you know, knew what I was doing when it came to, to crowdfunding campaigns or anything like that. I think it was literally, and based on the messages that people sent me just saying, you know, hey, I bought five watches just because I really resonated with you. Um, awesome. it, it just was that authenticity and that being real with people that uh, ultimately kind of came full circle and actually helped me to get out of the failure that I was in. Um, so that was a big takeaway to just be real with where, where things are at so that other people are able to actually help you and you're not just stuck trying to fight it on your own. Yeah, I totally get that. And, and I know as well, it's, it, you know, some of the things that seem to be a pattern is, is, is again, you know, you're a coach and you also want to be coached. You know, you're an authentic yeah. leader and you want authentic leaders with you, right? Like that yeah. authenticity is so powerful, right? So, and you were yeah. going to tell another story of another setback. Yeah, I guess, I guess the, the, the one that followed that was when, when starting this property management company, um, it was incredibly challenging. And there were, there were times during it because I was starting this business while trying to, to grow it um, and trying to support myself um, and, uh, and also trying to get fully out of, out of the debt that I was in. Um, so it was, and, you know, and again, in growing it, we had a lot of the systems that, we, that were used in student works that we kind of could, you know, uh, uh, shift over to, the, to this different industry and adapt them so that they would fit, make right. it sense. Um, but in the early stages of, of growing it, like I shared, I was literally, you know, going, picking up furniture for free from someone's house off Kijiji with a U-Haul, filling it into my, into my apartment, into the, <laughs> into the living room, up to the ceiling, and then trying to flip it so that I could, so that I could pay my way and just have enough money to, to make it through to the next month and keep everything going. Right. Um, and that was, I think that was probably the most mentally challenging time of my life because I could see that what I was building was getting traction and I, and I knew that it was, it was working, um, but still having the struggle um, individually and personally. 
and so with that, it was, it was just a lot of where I was at mentally was, was the, the biggest challenge and right. being able to see everything and actually see the light at the end of the tunnel and have one of the, one of the biggest assets was honestly you and, and Pat, um, my, my district manager from student works that I had those resources to reach out to and get the coaching that I needed to keep me on the right, uh, on the right path and in the right headspace and get through those really tough times. And, uh, everything that I learned from that mentally, just about how to manage my own state and stay positive when, when faced with all the different challenges that life is throwing at me, um, was, was more valuable than I could ever, ever put a dollar figure on. Yeah, no, that's great. And I remember another setback was when uh, the Toronto changed the rules about Airbnb. And it's, it's yeah. funny how that doesn't even make your list. Uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> but, but, but again, how each thing sets you apart. And to a certain extent, because they, in Toronto, they made Airbnb more difficult. They restricted it. So as a result, you went in a different direction and really went in the direction of your dreams. You know, hey, you want to be a coach, you want to be a leader, and you obviously just are and have been in your business, but in a bigger way. Yeah. Yeah. And with the, and with the rule change, we were actually able to just, just really easily pivot around. I didn't make my list because it was one of those things that, you know, and, and I looked at other, other um, businesses in our, in our same space around us when that was all going on and they were all freaking out and didn't know what the heck they were going to do and th- thought the whole world was ending and right. you know myself and Sam my business partner we were just sitting there like you know this is the challenge that you guys are scared about like this is the big challenge right we'll figure it out um, and we did and there's there, there was an easy pivot to uh to work within the regulations and figure it all out um and it's just I guess, yeah, it didn't make my list because it never even occurred to me as, as that big of a, of a challenge and something that we, you know, moved around and, and were able to just problem solve around because, you know, when you, when you, when you're, when you're building businesses all the time and going through all those different challenges, one of the biggest skills you develop is just problem solving. Right. Problems come up so often, they come up all the time that you just kind of look at things as how do we move past this as opposed to can we move past this? Yeah. The other thing as well that, that jumps up for me is, is that, this was clearly on your radar. When you started it, you knew that you didn't know how Toronto City Council was going to see this. So you, you, yeah. you, you were already being aware, oh, what, what would, and we don't know. And, and so, so it, it, it is sometimes kind of funny. It's like, oh, wow, it's, it's raining. Oh, my gosh, it's raining. What, what do you mean it's raining? Of course, there's gonna, rain's going to come, winter's going to come, and then people complain yeah. about it. Like, yeah, like you got to prepare for these things. And some, yeah. some, some changes are, it's like you know they're going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, we shifted our business model probably six to nine months before uh, the regulations even came because initially we were renting properties and then flipping them onto Airbnb. And there's a lot of risk exposure with that because if, if anything does happen, that's way too strict and you end up getting shut down, you can lose a lot of money doing that. Right. Um, six months before it was even a discussion in Toronto, we already saw the, the, the writing on the walls with other cities and we, we thought, you know, there's two ways to go about this. And one of them has got a really high risk profile and the other, and the other doesn't. Um, it's quite likely there's going to be, there's definitely going to be some regulation in Toronto. And, you know, we don't really want to leave our, our whole livelihood to chance that it goes the way that we want it to. Uh, and so we shifted to be managing properties for a percentage management fee um, as opposed to that we had rent on the, that we were on the hook for. So that if worst case scenario, all that would happen is, our business would die out as opposed to our business would die out and we'd be on the hook for 
tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, And so um, if someone was considering venturing into the entrepreneurial world, what what advice would you give them, James? (laughs) Start small. Um, (laughs) Start, you know, I, I kind of I kind of view it as not not necessarily start small, but start where I, I like to think of it. It's a lot like bowling. Um, so imagine that you're you're you've never bowled before, and you have the option to to do it with the bumpers on or the bumpers off. And you know, but when you when you get a gutter ball, you're on the hook for thousand dollars every time, or you know, you're going to have a month of your life wasted if you get it in the gutters. You know, the, the, the stakes are higher, right? You know, put bumpers on. Like it's just, it's just, you know, the, the common sense thing to do. So whatever that looks like, you know, definitely follow a system. Your first time at it, there, there's so many things to focus on because when you're running your own business, you're the salesperson, you're the marketer, you're the recruiter, you're the manager, you're the financial advisor, you're, you're everything. So if you can find someone who's got, you know, a process in place, whether it's student works, whether it's, you know, any kind of education and a real system that can take half of those things away from you so that you don't have to focus on the, the accounting side of things. You don't have to focus on, you know, building out the how do I recruit the, the, the systems there. You don't have to focus on developing a sales strategy. Um, Anytime that you can take that, take it a hundred times. Like, you know, if it's whether like, that's why franchises exist is because, you know, now you don't have to figure out how to make the perfect burger and how to sell the perfect burger, how to market it all, market it all. You just need to execute on the system that, that works. Um, so I'd say that that's probably the biggest thing and have a coach. Hey leaders, we've got a ton more interviews like this one coming up in the next few weeks. So if you're listening and you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to Leaders of Tomorrow. If you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed. Or better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering what set these powerful business leaders apart from the crowd at such a young age.